Bench Boost Boys Game Week 4 forecast. He's back. With me, Gavin, you, Scott. How's it going, Scott? Going well. Who's back? Guess who's back? Mm. Back again? Yeah. Ronnie's back. Yes, you are seven. Yep. He is back. Cristiano Ronaldo. Exciting. Um, exciting. Did they pay for him? Was he free? No, uh, no. It's 12 million or something. Ironically, somewhere close to uh, what his FPL That's price is. That's cheap. Brisbane Raw should have got him. <laughs> well, could they afford his £560,000 a week wages? If we could fill every single seat at Suncorp Stadium for $10 per seat and it all just went to Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo, yes. Isn't that pretty much what they did with Beckham when he went to LA Galaxy? I think all the clubs had to chip in because they knew it would be good to bring him into the league. Anyway, we digress massively. We're also back. We're <laughs> also a back. Digression. We had a break last week, just like uh, the international uh, players did. Did you play for any nation? No, don't, I actually can't think of any sport where I'd even come close to being able to compete at any level. Same. Um, <laughs> okay, and on that note, we will briefly get into what happened at Game Week 3, which seems a long, 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 long time ago. Yep. Um, we'll obviously do a quick bit of admin. Now we'll do that first, and then we'll do the Game Week 3, and then we'll do the Watchlist update, and then we'll look at Game Week 4. Sounds so familiar. Yeah, sounds like our okay, structure so, of our show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so any familiar listeners will know that. So, um, at Bench Boost Boys is us on Twitter. Send questions in for the mailbag. Uh, BenchBoostBoys.club is the website. Um, you can listen back to old shows if you must. Uh, also, if you haven't already, join our FPL League. The code is Q8ZM2S. I think I need an eye test. It's oh, not, you're it's actually not. asking me. <laughs> Q8ZM2S. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, how, that's, how's the league going? Uh, yeah, it's it's going well. And uh, we should do a quick quick shout out to uh, Dave Paxton of the Vestal Virgils. He still holds the top spot. Um, that's three weeks in a row. So he started well and he's stayed strong. He's 17 points clear over second place. Nice work. Yeah, intimidating. We actually have a new... Um, a new person that's joining the league. Yeah. Uh, I think his name is uh, Daniel. Right. Uh, I can't quite... Brown Salad. That's the name of his team. He's Brown, just... Oh. oh no, no. That's visual, So, it? just so you know, he is the brother of uh, Matthew Poole, okay. uh, who okay. you know. Friend of us. Who's also joining, who's also joining the league. So, that's exciting. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. He competes in our, one of our other mini leagues. Okay. Um, I think Dan would be a great person to get on the show at some point. So, Dan, if you're listening, okay. uh, just look out for my call. There you go. But he's a cop, so... I thought you said something else then, and that, depending on who you talk to, they're quite similar. I thought you said, he's a cock. I did. What did you think I said? Cop? Oh, he's also a cop too, yeah. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Yeah. All right, well, he's very welcome. Um, all right, well, let's get into it. Bench boss, boys. It was practically months ago by this point, but quickly then. Game week three, how did you get on? Good job we got it on paper. You wouldn't remember. Uh, no, well, yeah, it, they record it in the um, on the website. Stop. Uh, Sixty-three points. The game week average was fifty-four, so nine points above the average. So pretty happy. Mm. Um, I had a, I had more blanks than I had um, positives, but I had three players score four points, which is right on that uh, mm. right on the line of satisfying yeah. results back any, for, for any new listeners. We typically count five points as being an okay return. Anything less is. We call it a blank. Yeah. And and Backman <clears throat> for Watford um, had seven saves in that game against Tottenham, which is um, pretty good. So he got himself four points, even though they lost 1-0, so didn't keep the clean sheet there. Uh, Alexander-Arnold got two bonus points, um, you know, 
for full We've points. We've seen it happen a couple of times this season. We saw Shaw do that. Yeah, Shaw sure did that. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Um, and and obviously Shaw didn't get any bonus points, but still scored more by keeping a clean sheet. So six points there. Um, Salah uh, overlooked for captaincy last week by a, a lot of players, obviously because it was a tough fixture against Chelsea. But he, but he took the three bonus points and, and scored a goal, so he got ten points there, which is good. Blanks from Ben Rama, who I brought in, Fernandez, uh, and and Harrison. Uh, I steered steered quite clear of that uh, Fernandez captaincy, um, <clears throat> even though they were playing Wolves and he was probably the second best option. I, I did decide to stick it on um, Antonio. He got a goal and assist and two bonus for eleven points, which I turned into twenty two. So nice. happy with that. Uh, Ivan Tony scored his first goal yep. um, and well-deserved. I think we talked about this last week, so I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, we knew he'd open his account sooner rather yeah. than later. And, he's a, and he did. 6.5 million. You know, if you're expecting him to score every game, he's just he's simply not. He's not Patrick Bamford of last season, but he's um, he's, I, I think he's that's less. Well. I think that's less about him and probably more about what's Bamford. supporting him. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah. going to get goals. And so <clears throat> I'm not I'm not looking at um, getting rid of him anytime soon. Ings got an assist for four points as well. So, yeah, like I said, 63 points. Uh, game week rank was only 1.9 mil, but um, I actually got a green arrow up to 780,000 overall. Nice. Um, so sitting on 222 points. And what about you, good sir? Yeah, similar situation with the amount of... Uh Underperformers versus performers, so propped up a bit. Uh, my total points for the game week were 60, so three shy of you, but still above average. That's pretty much the story of my season so far, is just ever so slightly above game week average. Um, so lots to improve on. But uh, Creswell, assist and a bonus point for five. Uh, clean sheet for Luke Shaw, it's given me six. Uh, Salah, as you said, got the goal and three bonus points, so I got ten for him. Uh, I captained Bamford, that was okay. He got a goal and two bonus points, so I turned that eight into 16. Uh, and then I got a uh, goal and three bonus points for nine points on Calvert-Lewin. Um, only probably misstep was leaving Tony on the bench. As you just said, he got a goal. Um, so obviously in hindsight, I could have had him instead of Suchek or Madison or someone like that. Is that your biggest uh, bench score of the season so far? 11 points? Yeah, by far. Yeah. I, mean, I think probably standout for me on my bench was a player I left on my bench on purpose, and that's Simicas. And I want to point that out because obviously at a first first two games played phenomenally we knew he was a risk of losing his place to Andrew Robertson, Robertson yeah. um, coming back which he 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 did I wasn't expecting Robertson to start to be fair because Simicast had played so well but he yep. did start and Simicast only got a four minute cameo yep. at the end that might have been an opportunity for the fans to, to congratulate him on his mm. previous two great games and, and then off he off he goes he's probably never going to get a game again so <laughs> um, glad I put him on my bench sad to see him probably leave my team now that I know he's got Robbo yeah, ahead of him. Replacing him. Um, I did transfer out Diaz and bring Ailing in, and that was purely, you know, we've talked in the last couple of shows about me trying to manoeuvre into perhaps getting in Fernandez. so that was a tactical decision there. I didn't really get a return off Ailing, but um, just for the, the statement of fact, that is something that happened. My game week rank, like 2.6 mil, overall rank, 2 mil, uh, overall points, 195, so absolutely plenty to improve on. Um not panicking yet. No, no need to. Let's uh, take a quick break and then run across our watch lists. Ooh. Bench boss, boys. So we talked last week about, well, I say last week, it's two weeks ago now, about how we're going to do the watch list update a little more proper-like. And that was talk about who we've added and who we're removing. 
Yeah, but that doesn't touch on the players that we've just kept on our watch list. Is that why you've edited this to say current slash added? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I should probably get involved there. Well, maybe we should just... One more, okay. No, it makes sense. Next week, three columns. Three columns. <laughs> All right. Who, New. Already there, left. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, do it now. To figure it out. Say some words. All right, so... Uh, Players that I've removed from my watch list are Son Young-min, um, because of that injury, he's he's taken off. I've removed Ben Rama because he's in my team and I can't keep him on my watch list since he's in my team. That is fair. And Shane Duffy for uh, Brighton. I think he, he's playing well, but I, I just think that um, Livermento is probably a, a slightly better option. So he's stayed on my watch on my um, watch list. Mbueno, uh, Mbuemo for uh, Brentford. He's, he's still on there because he's a cheap enabler. Uh, Mason Greenwood because he scored three and three, obviously. Yep. Uh, Alonso and James from Chelsea. Obviously, James probably not going to sit on my watch list. I'm not, I'm not going to bring him in. Obviously, he's suspended until the 19th, so he's certainly not going to be a player I bring in. But I think he's still. Chelsea have some great fixtures coming up from game week seven. So it, you know, if I'm looking at Chelsea defenders, he's certainly a player I'm going to look look to maybe potentially try and bring in. He's, he's reasonably priced too. Mm. Um, I've got DCL on there. He's a l- bit of an injury um, at the moment, but I, I, you know, I'm curious to see if he actually plays this weekend. Um, and obviously he's in that price, same price bracket of, of Ings and, and Antonio yep. and, you know, Antonio's hamstrings. They're not, they're not far away from the snapping. Ticking time bomb. Yeah. So uh, either Ings is going to come out for uh, DCL or, or Antonio, it depends who gets injured first or whatever it is. Uh, Saar still on there. Uh, Liveramento still on there. And two new players on the watch list uh, this week, Fernando Torres and Ronaldo. Now, Torres, uh, Ronaldo for obvious reasons. Let's mm-hmm. not kid ourselves here. He's a phenomenal player. But um, Ferran Torres, yes, he, he sits in that Man City midfield, even though he's playing as a striker. Rotation risk sort of category. But... Uh, Given they haven't signed another number nine, I think he's going to get a lot of minutes this this season. Even I when Foden so. comes back, even when KDB comes back, um, I think he offers something that a lot of players don't as a as a number nine. Um, and again, the fact that he's playing in the midfield, so he's playing out of position, is a good thing. So I can kind of run the risk of rotation. So yeah. if I'm looking at bringing Ronaldo in. I'm probably looking at getting my other premium asset from Man United, Bruno, out. And I need to replace him with someone, so it might as well be Ferran Torres. Bruno. A little bit of trivia for you, mate. So at the moment, after three games, Alonso is the highest point-scoring fullback. However... Is that true? Not not even I believe so. Alexander-Arnold? I've just made it up. Pretty sure. Okay. You can fact-check me if you like. You've, you've got it in front of you, Dan. <laughs> um, but... The guy he's keeping out of the team, Ben Chilwell, highest paid fullback in the league. £190,000. Sat on the bench collecting that. Alonso's on a hundred. That's a good 000. annual wage. Weekly. <laughs> um, um, I, I was reading a, a nice little a nice little uh, factoid uh, just in, in terms of um, shots in the box and chances created. Alexander-Arnold sits at the top for chances created with 15 this season so far. That's amazing. Um, Richie from Newcastle sits at number two and Raul Jimenez at number three. Funnily enough, shots in the box, Raul Jimenez sits there at number two. So, yeah, something uh, to think about. I, f- I fact-checked myself, by the way, and, uh, yeah, and it goes beyond fullback. Alonso is the highest point-scoring defender at the moment, 23 points, 7.7 form. Owned by 12.8% of people. So there you go. 
Alonso from uh, Chelsea, 5.7 million. So, oh, yeah, he's on. I watched this for a reason. Hmm. Mm. There you go. Well, who's I, on yours? So, I, I can tell you who I've added. Uh, to- <laughs> Torres. You haven't of- done this properly then. <laughs> Did you remove anyone? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. No. Cool. I, I considered it, but That's I didn't. Yeah. Um, Torres from City for the same reasons as you. Buendia from Villa. I know he's currently stuck in. Uh, Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, quarantine nightmare. But I feel like maybe he's about to spark into life for Villa a bit. Um, so he's in there. Vardy as well. It's so hard to ignore him. I know he also is a bit of a fitness risk. What's, what's he sitting at around 10.5 or 10 mil? What's he... Do you know his Vardy, 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 Vardy. I think he was 10 mil. but um, So he's he so he's one of those. If you're going to have... 10.5. Yeah. So y- you can't have Lukaku. You can't have Ronaldo. And Vardy, you've got to you've yep. got to pick, unless you unless you get rid of Salah as well. Yeah, exactly. It's tricky. Ronaldo for obvious reasons, and Harry Kane, because I'm thinking that if he can put behind him all this transfer window nonsense for a bit, he's a consummate professional and a, a world class player. Let's keep an eye on him. I, I, I mean, like, I feel like we need to occasionally have these. Let's go off topic for a little, or no, stay on topic, but. You know, we've got designated sections, but we've got to chat. We've just got to have, sometimes have a conversation during these of sections. And, and, I, and I want to talk about um, Harry Kane and, and I want to talk about Tottenham. So they've, they've played 3-1-3, scored three. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it, it probably says a lot about uh, Nuno, about yep. the style of play that we, we were used to under Wolves where he wasn't playing particularly aggressive, very attacking football. It was very much hold the line, hold the line, after halftime, come out, try and score a goal. Yeah, because last season they had that stat where they, they were hardly ever scoring in the first half. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and that's what I'm talking about. So I think that they're very good at absorbing pressure, holding the ball, wearing down their opponents in terms of uh, challenging their fitness a bit, getting a goal on the break, and then from there, again, holding, holding that line. Yep. And, and that's why I look at a player like Kane and I think, do I want <clears throat> do I want to spend $12 million on a player? Mm. What was it, 11.9? No, I mean, he's... Gone down in price. 12.4 no, or 12.3? 12, 12 or something. Let's have a look. But do I want to spend money on a player that I really think is probably not going to haul because I don't see Tottenham changing that style of play, even against a team like maybe Watford or Norwich? 12.3. Uh, and actually, you talking about that tactical style is maybe potentially why Son has grabbed a, a couple of goals and Son's done okay because he's an explosive lightning fast counter-attack kind of guy hmm. so maybe that works for them that sort of siege mentality but no that's a that's a really good pickup. that well I, I just think it'll be interesting to kind of and I, I don't think I'm the only one that thinks this by the way uh, you know uh, very rarely do I have any good ideas that, that come from me but <laughs> I think if we if we just kind of wait and see with Tottenham and see how they they go I think that they're playing well obviously they're top of the table right now um, they've scored fewer goals in their three games than United scored in their first game, mm. you know, in one game. So I don't think that they're playing particularly attacking and, and it kind of makes me think that their assets, um, we maybe we need to start looking at the back line more um, for Tottenham. Um, and, yeah. and we kind of knew that about... Well, conversely, it was the defensive players who didn't do that great for them last year. So it really is a tactical shift, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they've got some new players that have come through, Tanganga. Yep, uh, Reguillon's not new, but he's he's had a good start. And to the yeah, season. he has a really good start to the season. So if you can afford um, Reguillon, I'd say he's, a, he's worth a look. In fact, no. he should probably be on the watch list. Well, you can't. Oh. I've just done that section. Ah, Do you want to start week. again? Nah, it's okay. Nah. All right, well, we'll have a quick break and then we'll look at the game week four fixtures. Feels like uh, a millennia since we've 
at Premier League Football. So let's get to that. Bench Boss Boys. Game week four. And it uh, it kicks off with Crystal Palace against Tottenham Hotspur. Son uh, on 75% with a calf injury. It was this time last year. Oh, God. When, when, I know where you're going. <laughs> when we took Son out. He's injured. He's not playing. But That was then, Mourinho's fault. And then we sat there and watched him score four goals. Oh, my God. Um, so if you've got Son, captain, triple captain him. Well, at least get him on the pitch. Don't transfer him out. <laughs> Learn from our mistakes. Yeah, I I actually saved a lot about what I wanted to talk about in this game. Um, just earlier in our previous section where we talked about Tottenham. <laughs> just talked talk about Tottenham. Um, Crystal Palace not excited by them. Obviously, is it they had a good result? Was last, it Liam Gallagher last time? Liam um, Gallagher that scored. Uh, I think not. No, uh, they're, they're young. They're young. Their new young signing Gallagher, Gallagher, Camager, uh scored two goals last week. Five point five million. I think he's currently sitting at the top um, for the the lower range midfield options uh, in terms of points scored. Eighteen points. I think he's on so far for the season. I think he's a bit of a trap. And uh, Crystal Palace, not a team that I'm looking at for any assets in general. It's funny actually because. At the start of the season, I think we felt that they would really struggle this season. Last two games, they've got draws at both of them. They should probably be beating someone like Brentford, but then um, you know then they drew with West Ham two all, which is a great result for them. Mm. Um, as a still a long term injury, so it's hard to get excited about them. But we'll see, eh? Yeah. What do you reckon the score's going to be? I reckon one nil Tottenham. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so. And the goal will come in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, you know what? Multi-bet. I'm putting it on the break. Speaking of uh, dour North London football, Arsenal versus Norwich at Arsenal. Um, I, <laughs> I see um, William made his, made his exit and clapped back at the people who said he only turned up to pick up paycheck by mutually terminating the contracts and losing out on £20 million and he's gone to Corinthians. Um, but Odegaard's back and I'm sure it's party time, right? <sighs> Lacazette and Odegaard. That's all I'm saying. Norwich. Norwich, yeah. Arsenal. Two teams that are looking at relegation. <laughs> and Is this the yawn game of the week? It is the yawn oh. match of the week. And the worst part about this um, is Arsenal's, arguably Arsenal's best player. If you look at it from an FPL perspective. Uh, or Bamiyang? Arsenal's most expensive player, sorry, from an FPL perspective, is Aubameyang. Can't even manage a full full 90 minutes anymore. What's going on? Um, who knows? ESR's been their best player all season. Um, mm. Saka's not getting as many minutes as he should be considering Did that. Did well for England the other day. That kid, is a, he's a gun. Yeah. Um, he should be uh, nailed on starter. No, 100%. And look, it just... <sighs> What were we talking about the other day? You mentioned the, the rumour mill was a spinning around oh, Arteta. That's right. Talk and to me about that because I reckon that's... It's intensifying. I mean, that's the one thing, not living in the UK anymore, it's actually quite good being away from the tabloid press because I don't look for it on the internet. Um, and they're very aggressive. They've always been that way. But they're really, really cranking it up with this Arteta stuff and it's all the, you know, the, the old adage of if you read a tabloid newspaper and it says a source close to the person, it's code for they've made it up. It's that kind of stuff. 
apparently Arteta's going to be fired next month or next week or tomorrow or the the hierarchy are fed up with him. You can, anyone can make it up. Like No one's going to be particularly impressed with how he's done. So, As an Arsenal fan, I'm, I'm fed up with him. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. I, I even saw something that was shared the other day where it was a, a flashback to something on Arsenal fan TV where they um, had interviewed John Burkow, who used to be Speaker of the House of Lords in the UK, and he's an Arsenal fan. And it was from 2017, and his message was, we should be careful as Arsenal fans about wanting to get rid of Wenger because what comes next might not necessarily be any better. And yikes, how true. Mm. Oh, or or not even next. They've had another manager since, haven't they? They had Emery after that. But yeah. Anyway, it's not been fun for Arsenal. And um, you'd still expect them to beat Norwich, right? You've got to be pretty upset if Arsenal can't beat Norwich at home. But anything is possible. I don't expect anything from Arsenal anymore. Um, again, your match of the week. So let's move on to, to an exciting fixture. Brentford <laughs> playing Brighton. I know. Um, Topsy-turvy world. I so we saw Tony score his first goal of the season last week. He's playing a side that won't be unfamiliar because he's he's probably played Brighton a number of times in his career. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about a Brighton side that have been, become quite fabled for their defence. They're very well organised. Um, you know, you've got a lot of players that have um, Sanchez as their... A lot of FPL managers, sorry, have Sanchez as their, as their primary keep, goalkeeper. Yeah. We're looking at a lot of players that have uh, Brighton defensive assets in Veltman. Um mm. Uh, players like that. So <clears throat> for me, I think it's uh, as someone that is a non-Brighton defensive owner and an owner of Tony, I'm really hoping that he gets on the score sheet again. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, because part of me thinks it's got nil-nil written all over it. But if we can go for a one-all and uh, Tony get a goal, suits me too as a, a Tony owner. A toner. Uh, sure, a toner. He can print us a goal. Um, Leicester that's, versus... Let's start again. That was terrible. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Roll with it. I'm a dad. I'm allowed. Leicester versus Manchester City um, should be uh, should be a pretty exciting. Have game, you got, this one. Have you got any skin in this game? Yeah. It. De- yeah. Madison. I was thinking <laughs> okay. of, of getting rid of him. I'm not in love. He hasn't had a great start to the season. I think it's probably the same with like Harvey Barnes, right? They've just yeah. They, yeah, they well, were so, Barnes has gone from my team. They were so good for two thirds of last season, and they've just they're all meant to be fit and fresh now, and. Vardy's obviously doing well, like we talked about during the watch list. But I think part of the problem is they haven't they haven't started the season how they finished last season, and they need to give players like Ian Archo just just give him free reign. I let him choose the team sheet. (laughs) I did wonder if now they had their players back to full fitness, if Rogers would return to his original tactic or stick as you said with what happened at the end of last season I'd have preferred the latter and he hasn't he's gone back to the original tactic with Madison and Barnes and Vardy up front on his own and if it ain't broke don't fix it I mean seriously he he was scoring an average of one goal every game I mean Vardy's great but you can't really be you could play them both yeah, you could, but you don't need to either. You could. I mean, it, it, the reason we started seeing Ian Archer get some minutes was yes, uh, Vardy was injured, but also James and Madison at the same time. They were both out, so all uh, of a sudden, James, Teal- James and Madison, Barnes and Madison, Barnes and Ma- what did yep. I say? James and Madison. Well, oh, they're all the same. You all of a sudden you start seeing a player like Tielemans becoming that yeah. attacking threat, and yeah, yeah. Ian Archer being the player that's really getting on the on on the end of those uh, great balls. Yeah, and lovely balls. Um, when Barnes came back or Madison came back or whichever one came, they're all the same, like I said. Whichever one came first, came back first, there was still room in the team for Iheanacho and yep. he was still playing well and Leicester were winning not, games. Not to mention the fact that they signed Dakar as well and now neither of them are getting much football. Yeah. 
What? It's a bit unusual. Rogers, just, just, you know. Um, from Man City, Man City well, uh, actually to finish with Leicester there, Pereira, 75% a hamstring injury. And then on Man City, De Bruyne, still an unknown return date with his ankle injury. Foden's on 50% with a foot injury. Um, as you touched on earlier during watch list, Foden's obviously not ready. De Bruyne's not ready. So looking like, yeah, but like your guy Torres might might play a very attacking role. <clears throat> Could be a bit of a bit of a strange um city lineup. It's not like they're lacking no. um resources, but not you mentioned earlier there's probably eleven players in the Prem that are uh potentially missing this fixture because they uh they refuse to or they will Brazil refused to let them No the, go. Cl- the clubs refused to let their Brazilian players play in the game. Yeah, that's how you said it. And FIFA can if particularly if the nations push it because apparently um some other countries like paraguay have already done it and they're just waiting it should happen any minute now you'll see news and it hasn't come out as we record this whether um brazil have pushed that and fifa will if they need to they'll stop those players playing this weekend and that is allison and fabinho and Firmino for liverpool edison and jesus uh for city Thiago Silva for Chelsea, Fred for Man United, and Rafinha for Leeds. Oh, and also Richarlison for Everton. So, you know, some of those are pretty crucial players, particularly from an FPL standpoint. But yeah, you could yeah. potentially have no <coughs> Jesus. So if Jesus isn't playing, I mean, they've got to play uh, Torres, haven't they? I just, well, no, they've probably got about 16 players that can play in that position. But I think Torres is pretty nailed on it. And you don't bench him after what he did last week. Mm. Um, but, you know, Edison, they're. You know that that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal as well. So, um, Man City's been breached a couple of times this season already, mm-hmm. um, or at least once. I'd hate to have to go and and have an actual look, <laughs> um, but they did lose one 0 to Tottenham. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's just crazy stuff all around in this international break. Yeah, it's all happening. Uh, Manchester United versus Newcastle. I mean, first and foremost, who knows if uh, Ronaldo's going to play? At one point, it was. No, he's not even trained yet. He's not fully fit and he'll likely play in Europe. Um, Then the news this morning was, no, he's been at Carrington. He's been training and we could see him. We won't know uh, until we get to those uh, press conferences. conferences. Um, You would expect Man United to beat Newcastle regardless. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sancho, 75% is taking a knock for Newcastle. Wilson's got a thigh injury, 75%. Little factoid, Ronaldo's already, at time of airing, if recording, been transferred in by 1.2 million managers. So that's a lot. Yeah, and well... What's he, 12.5 million? Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm kind of looking at that, um, you know, manoeuvring mm. my way to getting um, Ronaldo in. I think even if even if I got to, to Friday night or Saturday night... Um, I can't remember when the deadline is, but even even if I got there and I had confirmation that he was going to play, uh, I'm not so sure. I'm I'm super uh, set on getting him straight in because I, I, maybe I do kind of want to see yeah. uh, potentially uh, how he plays, where he fits into that team, who's coming out for him, yeah. what that does to Bruno's position. True penalties as well. There's a lot of talk that that's um, the end of. That Ronaldo will take the penalties now, yeah, because he does for Portugal as well, and you know. So I actually that was that was literally um, what I was going to say was if if there's a penalty and Ronaldo and Bruno are both on the pitch, 
Whoever takes that penalty will determine my transfers for next week. Let's leave that there because there is a mailbag question later on that touches on the whole should we, shouldn't we, Ronaldo. We'll elaborate a bit more then. Um, But yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, As I say, I fully expect Man United to grab the three points in that one. I'm hoping for a short, clean shit at the very least. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, Southampton versus West Ham. Um, Southampton, also a team that we expected to do pretty poorly. They lost some good players. They haven't really got much in. Um, Playing West Ham, who outside of drawing with Crystal Palace 2 all, started the season really, really well. Um, Antonio's hamstring's fine at the moment, but maybe that's what should be on the watch list. Antonio's hamstring. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm i looking at this fixture and, and uh, captaincy choices this week, and there's there's quite a few good options, obviously, with that Man United fixture against Newcastle, Liverpool playing Leeds. Uh, Antonio, <clears throat> Antonio's been playing so well. He's, yeah. he's on 40-something points um, already after three fixtures, so it's hard not to just automatically want to put the armband on him. Um, so I think probably form versus fixture comes into this quite a lot. Um, he's got form and he's got fixture in this as well, but he is playing away. Um, no, I wouldn't blame anyone for putting the armband on him, to be honest. No, no. It's not a bad shout. Um, eh, yeah, I think, you know what, I've just... Talked myself into changing my armband. Yep. All right. More on that later. Um, <laughs> what Watford versus Wolves. What can you tell us about that? Well, I'm leaning back, so I was hoping you could <coughs> talk about it. That's all right. Um, yeah, Wolves Wolves are hitting a really good run um, of fixtures. So their next four fixtures are green, and they've got a couple of, um, you know, I think it's Everton and Aston Villa after that as well. So they've got some really good fixtures coming up, and I've been hearing a lot of good things about Wolves' attacking play. Um, mm. We've just I just mentioned earlier that, obviously, Raul Jimenez uh, in the top three for chan- big chances created and also shots in the box. Um so it, it, we know he's a dangerous player. People um, have, you know, last season obviously had that horrific uh, injury um, and obviously recovered now, which is great, and he's, he's playing again. Um, last season he was he, he scored a couple of great goals before, before that injury occurred. Yep. And the season before that he was an absolute FPL weapon. Yep. So uh, we know what he's capable of and we may start to see it um, coming through in the next four games. Um, and, and, you know, he might become a... Must have. Um, yeah. So it's something to keep an eye on. Um, another player, Traore, I think I read somewhere, uh, quite a funny tweet actually, someone said, if Traore can, can, could continue these runs and then f- get a shot on target, yeah, he'd still be at Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, with regards to Watford, I'm still trying to kind of get a bit of a baseline on their players. Um, we've already seen a couple turning out the performances Saar looks pretty good but I'm, I'm just kind of watching eagerly well I've got two Watford players yeah Backman and Foster yeah, <laughs> yeah. that duo um, um, so yeah I'm, I'm just watching them because you, you never know these guys emerge as uh, could be pretty good budget picks yep so early days Chelsea's playing Aston Villa next uh, Lukaku's in doubt 75% and obviously we, we know James is suspended till the 19th which we've already talked about um, and yeah Buendia and Martinez in, in quarantine. Yeah, in quarantine. That, that was well. a little bit weird, wasn't it? Um, and I saw a quote from Martinez who's like, They told us we had to play because apparently the clubs are going to punish the players too. It's all a bit of a clusterfuck, to be honest. Yeah, um, I mean, why are the players getting punished? The, yeah. the players should never be the ones getting punished. I don't think so. The clubs should be the ones getting punished and 
the countries. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Still, for Villa, it's a tough game away to Chelsea, and they won't be too pleased that they have Martinez between the sticks. That's a big loss for them. Yeah. And um, Buendia, I felt like he was starting to warm up, actually. And that's why he's on my watch list. Yeah. I, I think Lukaku is a player that I'm going to be keeping my eye on. And uh, if if I can get Ronaldo in, mm-hmm. um, I think in game week seven, when Chelsea hit a delicious run of fixtures. Um, I think he'll be a player that I certainly want. So I'm hoping this injury is not long-term. I, and I know I'm not the only one that's thinking of that. I'm just going to take a quick look at the uh, fixture difficulty rating from game week seven onwards for Chelsea. They have Southampton at home, Brentford away, Norwich at home, Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Leicester, Man United. It starts to go downhill a little bit after that, but that's a, a run of five very green fixtures. Um, yeah. And and I, I think that you know there'll be a lot of people looking at Chelsea assets around that time. And, and you know, again, we've seen a lot of people pulling the trigger on their on their wild card this I week. Know. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about what we're doing. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm looking at those kind of runs and those kind of switching fixtures for some big clubs where there's going to be a lot of manoeuvring to get players in. And I think I don't know having just had three games being played an international break where there's so much up in the air right now it seems like a bit of a risk to me I agree um, yeah penultimate game of the round is Leeds versus Liverpool um, Firmino at 75% um, yeah he's not coming he's not playing he's got at least two more weeks yeah and not to mention he's also on that list of players that FIFA might actually block from playing along with Rafinha uh, and Alisson as well so We'll see how that affects it. I think Rafinha's a particularly big loss for Leeds. They rely on him quite heavily for his attacking prowess. Um, this, is, this is a big game, though. Um, yeah, I actually think this will probably be one of the most exciting games of the weekend. At Ellen Road with uh, with fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I think Jota would be a, a good pickup for anyone looking at a at a nice enabler within that midfield 7.5 million range. Yeah. And, and with regards to captain's picks, you made a good point earlier. Lees have, have shipped a fair amount of goals already so far this season. So, you know, if you if you don't have better options, absolutely no harm in sticking the armband on Salah. Yeah, no, and and we saw that last week when they played Chelsea, and he still managed to pick up ten yeah. points. You know, he's fixture proof. Um, Pretty much, he's a nailed on starter. I think. I think Firmino offers a lot to Salah in terms of the amount of space that he creates. Absolutely. Um, Drag, drags the defenders out of the way. Yeah. And, and he plays on the right side of that defence where you've got, uh, you know, Stuart Dallas now back in that position uh, for Leeds. So it's going to be a, a bit of a... It's, and Stuart Dallas, we know, is actually a good player, a workhorse. He played in midfield last season, so he's got fitness. It will so, likely be Dallas as well, by the way, because I think uh, not that... I, I didn't mention it before because not many people have selected him, but Furpo is also 75%er, so if he's not fit... Junior? Fit, yeah. yeah, not senior. Uh, I think, um, I think uh, old fella uh, Stroke, um, we've seen him get... Mm. Done a couple of times in the last in the last couple of weeks, and I think um, Sadio Mane is obviously uh, quite quick. I think he's fit, so he'll probably play yeah, um, with with uh, Jota in the midfield there. But again, Jota doesn't do what Firmino does. Jota's a goal scorer. Yeah. Firmino is a player that enables players like Salah and Mane. So I think we'll probably see a little bit more from Mane this week than we will from Salah potentially. True. Well, and as a, as a Leeds fan, I'm. I think the rest of the team are pretty fit, so I'm hoping that it's a Lorente and perhaps Liam Cooper at centre-back, yeah. Calvin Phillips in front of them. 
Um, so there's slightly less vulnerability than, for instance, that Manchester United game, which was absolute nightmare. And if Rafinha's out, I mean, with Van Dijk back, playing well, fit, um, yeah. it's going to be tough for Leeds to break down. It that, could that be a tough offense, afternoon so. for Leeds, but time will tell as always. And the last <laughs> game of the of the week is Everton versus Burnley. Um, Calvert-Lewin 75% with a muscle injury. I would expect him to play, to be honest, and I would also expect him to score a goal in this game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. Um, if he did, but I, I'd be happy if he didn't as a non-DCL owner. Uh, the only the only skin in the game I have for this particular fixture is uh, Brownhill, who sits, as always... Way deep on the bench. On the last spot on yeah. my bench. Uh, any Richarlison owners, also just keep your ear to the ground with regards to this uh, FIFA stuff in case they block him from playing. Do we want to talk about um, about Gray's overperformance this season? Yeah. Um, he's he's on he was on your watch list last week. I'm assuming yeah, he's, so he's still st- on there. He's still on there. Yeah, Damari Gray, uh, looking pretty damn good. Um, yeah, so actually, I'll be really interested to see who they start with on that right wing for Everton. I feel like they haven't quite made their mind up who those starting positions are. Um, but to be honest, if uh, if he's suddenly a lock, I'd be very tempted to bring him into my team. And what about Hammers? Hammers, it's all gone a bit wrong. Um, is he injured or mm, not fit? He, well, he's down as unfit because he's just not playing football, so he's not match fit. I couldn't tell you the finer details of exactly what's gone wrong, but he's looking for a way out. Right. Um, it's, I don't know, we could talk about this for hours and we're absolutely not going to, but you were literally talking about a guy who from attacking midfield got the golden boot at a World Cup, um, got his big move to Real Madrid, and suddenly it feels like his career is just completely stagnated. And I'm just not sure why. Yeah, no, well, I, well, let's not talk about it for hours. I wouldn't, right. be, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if you don't actually see him play for Everton again. Yeah, all right. You've heard it here first. Maybe other people have also said that. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. And then we'll talk about what our plans are for game week four. Bench boss, boys. Okay, so Scott, what's it going to be for game week four? Talked about what Ronnie does to me. Oh yeah, yeah. How how point, hot and heavy I point get. on the doll. Where mm-hmm. did he touch you? Uh, I'm happy with my team though. Is that weird to say? I don't know. Everyone else is like I said, pulling the trigger on their wild card. We chatted about this earlier on off air. Chart past tense. Charted. Um, I charted. Um, I feel the same way, and it's not like I've set the world on fire with my first three game weeks. But I don't get it either, mate. This I don't know what it is. If people see, <clears throat> you know, a few games come in and then they're not getting two hundred points a game week, and then there's an international break, and suddenly everyone shits the pants, sharted, and they want to do their wild card. Your team's got to be pretty fucked up to play your wild card. Well, yeah. So okay, if you had, um, I mean, there might be some players that are some fantasy Premier League managers that are in some genuine shit right now because of the amount of flags that are popping up on different players for different reasons. Yeah. The internationals, uh, quarantine rules, um, injuries, pre-existing or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, there might be some genuine reasons in order, you know, in order for you to want to pull the trigger on your World Cup. But it seems like a lot of managers made the decision early on in the piece. Mm. Um, you know, I looked at it and I was like, well, if I had to take a points hit to uh, potentially have a starting eleven. I might think about it, but if it was only a four-point hit, I probably wouldn't. And that, for me, means three transfers because I've got one up my sleeve. I know for some people it might mean two. 
how many points would you need to to lose? How many hits yeah. would you need to take in order for you to want to pull your wild card? Yeah, I mean, you raise a good point about you know if people have got lots of flags on their players, but I almost look at it for a wild card. I don't know why, but my mind immediately goes to how many players do I desperately want in my team that I don't currently have? How many would you would you desperately want in order for you to go? Actually, I'm not going to do that over three weeks. Rolling transfers, etc. I'm going to play my wild. Which is cards. what you're actually doing. You're doing it the patient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm and I'm completely fine with that. So how desperate? Who are these players? That you, how fucked is your team that you've got? You're maybe looking at. I don't know. I want to say at least four players that you're like. I'm missing these four players. That feels like a lot of players. And, f- and for 1.2 million of them, that's Ronaldo. And yeah. that FOMO oh, that you have of 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 not having Ronaldo. It's a little bit crazy to me because we haven't seen him do anything just yet. You know, he hasn't scored a goal in the Premier League in years. Mm. Um, the other thing, the other, the other uh, thing that comes to mind with pulling the trigger on the wild card is we have uh, 19 weeks of Premier League games in the first half of the season to use that first to use that first yeah. wild card. And if you use it in game week th- three, at the end of game week three, before game week four. It is the most powerful tool you can use in your in your chip arsenal. Also, because the only reason it can go wrong is if you have not done your research. Yeah, and also, what that could lead to is November December time, you start taking four point and eight point hits. Oh, I'm laughing. Put do your wild card, guys. I don't care. All right. Well, we've <laughs> we've safely established that neither uh, neither you nor I are playing our wild cards. So what are you doing? Oh no, I am doing my wild card. Fuck off. Nah, no, nah, nah. Just kidding. So I'm I'm actually looking at um one transfer this week again. I'm probably not going to bring in um. And that's because you've got to because you've previously Brenner. rolled one. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to roll another one. Um, and I'm going to uh, like I said, Timikas. Thank you for all the fond memories. Thank you for your service. Um, you've been an excellent four million spend, but uh, it's time I bring in a player that's playing ninety minutes, and that's Liveramento yep. from Southampton. He's he's young, he's exciting, he's still got that place in the team, even though Walker Peters has been playing as well, so he's getting pushed up into that right wing. So exciting to see him play. Um, I had thought about putting the armband on Salah over Antonio, but I think earlier looking at it, seeing that they're both playing away, yep. Antonio's in excellent form against. Uh, a Southampton side that has conceded six goals this season so far. I know Leeds have conceded more than that. They've conceded eight. Um, but, yeah, I just think that Dallas is uh, an excellent um, player. I think he's got a lot of um, and he's got a lot of fitness to keep up with a player like Salah. And I think, like I said, I don't think with Firmino not playing, not, not allowing Salah to make those runs in behind, yeah, true. Salah's going to be um, probably likely uh, assisting more than he might be scoring this weekend. And Antonio, we know, um, unless his hamstring explodes on television, <laughs> he's probably going to haul again because he's, he's just he's on fire. So uh, you know I what? Agree. I'm changing changing the armband. Uh, I'm not going to roll any of my... Uh, I'm not going to play any of my chips. Like I said, I'm going to roll that extra transfer and I think I'm going to be playing a 3-4-3 uh, with the same players on the bench, uh, except obviously not Simicas. It will be the aforementioned Liveramento. There we go. Um yeah, Ronaldo turning up has put a slight span in the works for my previous plan. We talked over the last few shows about how I felt I was getting a bit of FOMO on Fernandez, and for good reason. And so I'd started to calculate how I could bring him in in three moves or so. Um, so with that in mind, I've kind of just... Because I'd also rolled a transfer a couple of weeks in a row. Um, I'm going to get rid of Cantwell and bring Basuma in. And that actually puts a 
bit of extra money in the bank for me. Um, so I'll, I'll now have 3.4 mil in the bank. And now I get to see if Ronaldo does play this week. Um, or if, you know, if he does play and Bruno still does the business. I'm giving myself options and give myself a bit of breathing space so that I can react End time. next week. Yeah. Yeah. So I can potentially transfer out Madison and say Antonio, not Antonio, I bloody wish I had Antonio, and DCL, let's say, or even a Bamford, like whatever I decide to do, I can make those two transfers next week and bring in, um, you know, it could be Kane. I know we've talked about maybe that's not a great idea, but let's see. Um, Ronaldo, Fernandez, Son. Um, the Gaku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm giving myself those options uh, and I'm pretty calm about it. Um this week, yeah, also playing a 3-4-3, and the armband is sat firmly with Mohamed Salah, because I don't have Antonio. Well, there you go. Good luck. I think, uh, yeah, Salah's my vice-captain. I think if Antonio um, ends up hauling, it'll suck for everyone that hasn't. Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of people will be captaining Ronaldo this week too. So oh, it probably. will be very interesting to see if... Oh, well, if you're out, if you're out there and you're doing that, be mindful of who your vice is on. Mm. Um, all right, we'll take our final break and then we've got a few questions in the mailbag and I reckon we'll go a bit quick fire, so stay tuned. Ah. Mailbag time. Three questions. Okay, two of them are from one person. <laughs> uh, part-time bench boost boy, Ben. Um, his team this year is called Sesk on the Beach. That's quite good. Yeah. Well done, Ben. I saw a really clever one the other day. Um, stick your willy in. <laughs> that's really good um, yeah great much better than Torrin's homophobic one that you got asked to change stick, oh, um, stick your willy in just my tip oh god my tip yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpool yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we we're supposed to rush no, no, through this yeah we were going to go quick fire yeah. so Ben's first question do you think Jimenez for Wolves is being overlooked despite not scoring they've played really well and looked like a threat also have much easier run of fixtures Good point. Yes. Yes, he has been overlooked, but maybe because the run of fixtures gets easy this week. It's also tough to want to look at a team like Wolves who haven't had Jimenez uh, firing until just the start of the season again because of that head injury. Um, but now we've seen, like I said, um, second for chan- most chances in the box yep. uh, and third for um, most shots in the box. So big chances created and most shots in the box. So um, I think... Uh, yes, he's been overlooked, but potentially for a good reason, and maybe that was because of those first three fixtures. And I would say he is certainly a player that should be on any watch list. And seven point four mil, by the way. But if you get him in early now, um, it could be that you uh, get him for that great fixture against Watford. Uh, maybe he does score. Maybe he scores a couple of goals. Maybe he hauls, mm. and all of a sudden you're the, you're the person that got him in first. Um, so I actually think it's that's a really great observation. I think um, they've got four easy fixtures yep. and then two medium fixtures after that. So a good run of fixtures to look at a player like Jimenez. Okay, Ben's next question is: Is Bruno still worth holding on to? He seems one of the most nailed to start and plays every game, whereas Ronaldo, Greenwood, Sancho, Rashford, Cavani all look like they'll be rotated. My my first point here is, personally, I don't think Ronaldo's going to be rotated. The only thing that we're... Bruno? Po- no, Ronaldo. He's got on the list here, he's saying that Ronaldo, Greenwood, oh, right. Sancho, yeah, 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 Rashford, yeah, yeah. Cavani, he thinks that maybe they'll all be in rotation. Whilst I agree with most of that, Ronaldo, I don't see it. Unless he does legitimately oh, have well, injury or fitness problems, that guy's going to start every game. What about, what about Champions League? 
What about it? He's the highest scorer in the oh, cha- yeah. in Champions I mean, League history. And I think he's going to play a lot of those games. Well, yeah. If I was a, if I was a gambling guy, I'd say first and foremost, Ronaldo when fit will start absolutely every single Champions League game. But I also at the moment I, I feel like he'll probably play most. I just don't see him being rested. That's not Ronaldo. Like as I say, if he's genuinely not fit enough or injured, of course he won't be playing. But I think uh, R- Ronaldo will play. He's not a player games. that's known for injuries. He is an, he's, he's a, a player known for his fitness. Um, but the main part of the question, of course, is is Bruno worth holding on to? I'd say right now, yeah. If you've got Bruno, I wouldn't desperately rush to switch him for Ronaldo. At least wait a week or two. Yeah, that's my no, thoughts. I, I couldn't couldn't agree more. Bruno has blanked for the last two games, but we saw what he is capable yeah. of all of last season. He was yeah. a top goals, a top point scorer in, yeah. in the Premier League in fantasy Premier League last season, and, and in the very first game. Of this season, he scored three goals. So worth, worth noting, as obvious as obvious as it is to say, Ronaldo turning up doesn't make Bruno a bad player. But do be mindful of who's taking penalties. Yeah, that's 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 Watch what I was. That. We said that earlier. If they're both on the field this weekend at Newcastle and they get a penalty, just have a look at who takes it because that will that be should really telling. determine who you. Yeah, yeah. Not that well, not that any of us. Uh, goals in the first game when no. he when he got that hat trick were penalties. It, it, it's a moving piece. It's something to consider. Hmm. Um, but no, I, I I would say if you've got Bruno and you're worried about that, hang on to him for at least a week. But just be observant of of what's going on and how he fits in. Yeah. Don't forget Rashford's out as well, injured at the moment. As is that. Sancho uh, and Cavani. So Greenwood's also another player that you should hold on to. Oh yeah, that for me was probably the most uh, d- almost disappointing part of Ronaldo turning up that this actually interferes with Greenwood's participation and development. Yeah, and he's been good. Yeah, fantastic. Last question then, uh, our friend Matt of Pool. Um, <laughs> that's, that's his team name, Pool. Yeah. It's like he hasn't put any thought whatsoever into it. No, waste of energy. Um, is Ronnie overpriced? No. But time will tell. If we get, you know, because Ronaldo, he was great in the Champions League for Juventus. I didn't watch much Serie A football, but Ronaldo's still Ronaldo. He's not like he's not performing. It's a lot of money. Probably be a more pertinent question for me, and I'm going back to old habits here. I'm answering questions that haven't been asked. Um, is Ronaldo actually worthy of being more expensive than some of the other premium assets in FPL? Maybe not, but once you get above 11.5 million, it's all the fucking same. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Matthew. What I'm going to do is I'm going to quickly take a look at what he finished his career at in terms of pricing he left fantasy premier league uh, at the end of the 2008-2009 season with a price tag of 14.2 million pounds so that tells me he's come down a lot in price (laughs) depreciation he's he's probably a a depreciating asset he's getting a little bit old Um, but like like gavin just touched on he plays a lot of football and he plays a lot of football regularly he does he's not a player that gets injured um, you know, I think he's if an absolute he, gun. Yeah, me too. And if he is still doing at least what he was doing last season, he's probably worthy of being considered, uh, sorry, compared to the likes of Salah and they're all similar price points. So uh, I don't think he is overpriced. I'm glad he's not any more than that. Like, I think when we talked about, what do you think will be priced at? I think I said 12 and a couple of people said 12 and a half and they were right. It's 12 and a half. Yeah. So there we go. Well, good questions. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Matt. At Bench Boost Boys on Twitter, if you want us to have a crack at your questions from the mailbag. Um, and don't forget to join the uh, the private league, if you haven't already, Q8Z 
M2S. Uh, come and knock Dave Paxton of the Vestal Virgils off his perch. And uh, good luck with your game week. Good luck to you, Scott. Good luck. I will see you next Wednesday for the pod. Goodbye.